Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, family and friends, gathered guests, when Jesus died on the cross, he defeated all our enemies, sin, death, and the devil. He crushed the serpent's head. He buried the sins of the world in his tomb. And he proved it by raising himself from the dead three days later, killing death by his own death. That's where we've been in this season of Easter, a festival of Christ so important that its celebration lasts for seven weeks. Every time we gather this season, we proclaim that Christ is risen. But we are here today, 40 days after Easter, and it doesn't really feel like it. A man we know and love has died. Death doesn't look very defeated today. John Charles Williams, born September 22nd, 1949. He was taken from this veil of tears to be with Christ last Thursday at the age of 69 years, eight months, and one day. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So says St. Job. All that we receive from the Lord's hand comes to us as a gift. John knew that. He knew that every day of life the Lord gave him was a profound gift. On our first visit together, John gave me a list of all his ailments. (laughs) One after another. (laughs) He recounted to me medical events and conditions that should have killed him years ago. At least... That's what the doctors told him. But John knew it was the Lord who sustained him. It was the Lord Jesus who gave him life. And the Lord would preserve that life and would care for it according to his good and gracious will. So John was in awe that the Lord had preserved him through all of that. But what about these questions of death, and Easter, and how does all of this fit together? It's not to say that these questions were easy ones for John or during his life here, or easy questions for us today. Today we know the afflictions of our flesh. Today we know that unless Jesus hastens his return, one day we too will be like John. Each of us will die. But listen to what St. Job preached to us this day. In my flesh I I shall see God. John's eyes, which closed in death last Thursday, will be restored and glorified. And his eyes will behold his Redeemer As many of you know, John prayed for this regularly. 
John prayed to die. He prayed to be delivered from his suffering. He prayed to be with Jesus. He prayed to be delivered from the evil of this life. But he also knew that his future with Christ was secure. Because John was baptized, he heard the good shepherd's voice declare him to be God's own child in the waters of holy baptism. He received the Lord's name in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that name was united with his. The Lord Jesus redeemed John, redeemed him soul and body. His body now rests from labor, and his soul has gone to be with Jesus. Jesus is John's good shepherd. Now, even though John struggled mightily with all his own difficulties, he cared deeply for others. Though he was never known to back down from sharing his opinion, (laughs) he was a peacemaker. He was concerned that his siblings would get along with one another. And he prayed for them and so many others frequently. Whether calling his mother daily or checking in with his siblings, no one could say that John didn't care. Numerous times in our visits, the overwhelming love for his family would bring him to tears. It was clear from our visits how much he loved Lynn, his siblings, his sons and daughters-in-law, and all of his grandchildren. And while he was not able to gather with the saints in this place the last couple years. He always wanted to know what was going on with his family here at Our Savior, whether activities or the men's breakfast or new members. They all mattered to him. He prayed for his pastor and for the whole congregation here. He brought all his concerns before his good shepherd. His care for others was never a matter of his own strength. His care was always grounded in a love for the Lord's word. John knew the truth of God's word, and he wanted nothing more than to speak of it every single chance he had. He confessed and believed God's word, and he loved to sing, though not exactly known for the quality of his singing voice. He was eager to sing the praises of the one who had died to give him all things. In nearly every visit, I heard of John's love for God's word. And almost as often, he would have a prepared list of questions for me. He was always seeking to understand, to know more fully, to believe more intently, to confess more deeply. His Bible was filled with notes and underlines and bits of paper with questions. I always enjoy that part of our visits, when we would open up the scriptures and study them together. And usually after working through several questions, Lynn normally had to remind us that time was getting away from us and we could discuss more at another time. Yes. 
John loved the Lord's word. One of his favorite passages is our epistle lesson today. John marveled in the mystery that there was nothing that could separate him from the love of Christ. That because he is baptized, he has the Lord's own word and promise that no one will be able to snatch him out of the Father's hand. That Jesus has John in his grip. All of those years, Jesus held on to John. When John struggled with questions of the faith, Jesus held on to him. When John celebrated with family or friends, Jesus held on to him. When John came to the end of his earthly life and died, Jesus held on to him. All through his life, it was Jesus who kept John in his grip. Nothing and no one was going to change that. Most importantly, John knew that he was God's own child, chosen by God in love. And he wanted all those around him to know that same love. Like John's a good shepherd who died to redeem all of his sheep, John cared deeply about the lost. Whether you were a family or friend, acquaintance or stranger, he would be certain to ask whether you know Jesus. For John, that was all that mattered. Certainly, John had many cares in this life. But the one thing of most importance was what Jesus had done for John. Because John also knew his sin. He knew that he didn't have the kind of patience that he should. He knew the effect that his sin had on others. He knew that it was not part of God's good creation. And he knew the sin that corrupted his own heart. And John trusted in Jesus for forgiveness. Over the past couple years, as he moved from one rehab facility to another, to home and various places in the hospital, he wanted his witness to be clear. Jesus is the savior from sin. And he came to save you. Wherever we met, John was always eager to confess his sins and receive Jesus' body and blood for the forgiveness of those sins. That body and blood of Jesus strengthened and preserved John's faith. It preserved him in body and soul to the end of his life here. And now his flesh awaits its raising on the last day. That's why John knew he could confidently pray the Nunc Dimittis, the prayer of Simeon that we will sing at the end of our service today. In that text, Simeon has just held the baby Jesus, the very salvation of the world, in his arms. And so he could pray, Lord, now you let your servant go in peace. He could die knowing that the salvation he held in his arms was for him. And John could pray that prayer, having received his Lord's body and blood, because he knew that he had all that he needed from his Lord. He was ready to depart 
and be with Christ. John was ready to die. Now we started our thoughts together today talking about Easter and about the Lord's resurrection. But there's one more piece we need to add. As we sit here 40 days after Easter, we should consider what Jesus did 40 days after the first Easter. That was the day he ascended into heaven, the day when it looked like he was leaving us to go back home to his Father. We are tempted to think that because Jesus has ascended to heaven, he's abandoned us, as if God is very far away, or that he has turned his back on us. We live in the reality of a sinful world, and each of us adds to it daily. And the devil would like nothing better than for us to look at this trouble, the trouble that we are sinful and that God is far away. The devil wants us to look at this problem and think that we have to solve it on our own without God. But we are not alone. Jesus, John's brother and friend, his Savior and crucified Lord, his good shepherd, this Jesus has ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the seat of all power and authority in the universe. John's good shepherd has not left you. He is the reigning king. By baptism into his name, you are his sheep. That is what John knew, and what he would have you know this day. For just as Jesus' resurrected body lives again, so too will John's. And the good news of our Lord's ascension is that he will return. Jesus will come back on the last day with the sound of a trumpet and a great cry. The dead in Christ will rise. John will rise. His body will be restored and glorified. And Jesus will give eternal life to John and to all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord, to life everlasting. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen.